everybody, and welcome to Equestrian. I'm Caroline. I'm a barrel racer from Virginia. And I'm Annie. I'm a dressage rider in California. And today we're here to discuss if you don't have at least three pounds of rhinestones on your tack, are you really a barrel racer? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh like what's the <laughs> tune that they play on like the investig it's like investigation discovery but different oh i thought you were going for like law and order svu Ooh, that, yes that's even better these are their <laughs> stories equestrian <laughs> i digress today we are going to talk about probably i would say the most misinterpreted and kind of over slash under addressed topic in the industry. We talked about this a little bit with goals where like everybody's sort of aware of it, but like our perspective is just a little bit different. And today we're talking about burnout and I am so excited. And one of Caroline's uh, favorite quotes is quite related. It is success is not a result of spontaneous combustion. You must set yourself on fire by Arnold H. Glasslow. Ooh, it's a good one. It's a good one. And uh, so on that note, let's get rolling. But we interrupt our regular broadcasting because I thought, ironically, with this podcast being a quote about fire and the title being burnout, um, I wanted all of us just to take a minute and kind of tune into Annie for a second. Uh, being a California equestrian and being something that was new to me, which is f hearing about fire season, um, she's uh, dealing with a pretty good chunk of uh, uh, quite the range of emotions right now, if you will. So if you just want to share a little bit about where you're presently at, what you're presently doing and what the state of things is, um, I think it would be, uh, it would be interesting to share. Yeah. Well, currently I'm in, um, the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay area and there, we have quite a few fires. We had a big, um, lightning. Oh, it's, you want to say thunderstorm, um, but it didn't really bring any rain. It mainly just brought a lot of like lightning. And it was so, an incendiary storm. Yeah, so we, and it's actually all over the state of California, um, there are a tremendous amount of fires, but we're um, struggling here in the San Francisco Bay Area with a couple that are kind of creeping their way towards our facility. So we're not currently in an evacuation warning, but we're literally right across the freeway from one. So we know a lot of people that are evacuating and that have already evacuated. And we are kind of, at this moment, we've got a lot of trucks and trailers hooked up and just parked in the, in the driveway. And, you know, people are writing their phone numbers on their horses' hooves. And it is a little bit of a stressful, stressful time, but it's a great just time a to talk about it. a stressful time. Yeah, but so bit. far, everybody at our ranch is very safe. So I guess, too, what a good takeaway would be from this is I know, like, um, in kind of transplanting from the East Coast to the West Coast, this is all kind of a recent experience for you to kind of develop a new skill set and a new tactical plan. But the moral of the story is, um, no matter where you live in the country, um, 
each area, I think this one probably more severe, you know, your area probably more severe than most others, but um, it's never a bad idea to have some sort of emergency contingency plan for your farm or your animals or your horse or to inquire about one at your barn. Um, especially if you live in an area that's subject to floods or hurricanes or whatever. Tornadoes. Um, yeah, there, like wherever you live, there's a potential for a natural disaster. So it doesn't hurt to be prepared. Yeah, just um, it, it, even if you just inquired with your barn manager or the owner of your facility or whatnot. And um, it never hurts to have a plan. Um, it's kind of one of those like cliche, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it um, type of situations. Mm-hmm. But, um, so anyway, back to our regular scheduled broadcast. Speaking of fire, um, today we're going to talk about burnout. And I so deeply believe that this affects most working professionals in the equestrian community without question. Um, I mean, you could probably say that it affects all working professionals, but it just happens that our sport it requires so much investment that I think it's something and because that is inevitable. The baseline of maintenance care is already so high that anything that you're doing on top of that, trying to compete, trying to coach, trying to learn, trying to go to the next level, you're already compounding a tremendous just baseline workload. Absolutely. You mean you can easily burn out just trying to keep them alive? I think in this industry, you have such a crazy volume of people working so hard. It's kind of like the industry is designed to string you out a little bit. And I don't think that that's intentional. Um, But it does kind of remind me, I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and the guy was like, it's crazy because the more dedicated you get and the longer you keep going, the less crowded it is because you literally just lose people along the way. And I think that the equestrian world is a little bit like that. And so Annie and I wanted to kind of break down like the myth of like work-life balance and a burnout lifestyle and just kind of unpack all of that a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm as it relates to the equestrian community. Um, So we, obviously that Arnold A. Glass look quote is, uh, I always enjoy because it's like, you know, success is not accidental. It takes intent, Um, but you have to be really intentional, like setting yourself on fire for success and like burning your life to the ground is like the analogy that I try to kind of draw to. And, Mm -hmm. um, And so what we wanted to talk about today was not avoiding burnout, in the equestrian community, because I think that there's just an element of it that's inherent. Um, Like if you are really diligently managing your work-life balance and really aware of all of like the ease of life type of things, it's going to be really hard for you to progress forward. I'm not saying it's impossible, um, but one thing that Annie and I both kind of adhere to is the seasons of life. Are you in a season of life where you are just going to have to grind it out? Um, or are you a se- in a season of life where you aren't there yet or you've been there and now you're kind of reaping the benefits of that? And basically um, embracing a burnout season and managing yourself carefully through that rather than developing a lifestyle or a culture of burnout. Yeah. And I kind of have noticed um, that my burnout is pretty cyclical. 
So I recognize the pattern of it and I can kind of see it coming and going and I can almost kind of feel like where I am, it ebbs and flows in a pretty predictable pattern. And so at this point, I, it's kind of all about like me managing it or I can look at my calendar and see like what the show schedule is or the clinic schedule or like this COVID thing. That was a real challenge um, to manage because we weren't really getting the same days off that we normally were and we were managing a completely different workload and accommodating different horses. But I've kind of gotten pretty good at recognizing the cycle of it. And I've found that one of the most important things is to be able to recognize where I am in my cycle of burning out and being able to identify it. And that's super, super important. Yeah. It's kind of like that awareness. Like you are aware of something, you can start to influence something, you know, you can be like, all right, we're just, we're in the season of grind right now. Like we don't, you know, we don't have to be completely unhinged, but like, here's where we are. Here's how to mitigate it. And like, here's how to like avoid being discouraged. Yeah. Um, and I even try and plan. Um, I, I try and look ahead like at my month or a couple of months. And I recognize that like during certain show seasons are going to be like, it's going to be a time to push and grind. And I'm not going to get like necessarily the same sort of you know, recovery period or recovery period is normal but then I always try and look forward to when I will have a moment to recharge and so I think that it's really important to be strategic about how you and be aware and just if you know like because you can you can do anything for a period of time so even if you were like I am going to grind out this entire summer but I know that I'm looking forward to like a week of vacationing with my family you can you can do anything as long as you can like set as long as you set a time limit on it so I think that's a really think great that's way important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an important component of like what we've talked about in previous podcasts like you look at a lot of people who are kind of like slipped out of that cycle of burnout and they're in the lifestyle of burnout where they're just like stringing themselves out mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, any combination of the, of the above. And you're like, what are your goals? What are you working towards? And it kind of gets to a point where, and Annie and I were unpacking this a little bit yesterday where they're like, I don't even know. Like you always hear the analogy, like your ship's not going to come into you. You've got to swim out to it. But also mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you're swimming towards the ship. Like you don't just jump into the ocean and you're out there in the ocean treading water and you aren't even pointing towards the ship and you're just barely surviving and you're treading water. But it's like, all right, well, where's your ship at? Okay, well, it's not going to come into you're going out to it. But like, did you even look at it? Like, have you checked the horizon to make sure you're still hitting in the right direction? Or have you just gotten so wrapped up in trying to keep your head above water that you don't even care about the ship anymore? You're just trying to keep swimming. Yeah, because I think that you can get into a survival mode where you find yourself so where you've like lost track of the big picture or you're no longer planning or you're no longer like goal setting and being able to sit back and see the whole um, the whole picture. And so that's when you kind of get in the survival mode of just grinding, 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 but you're not actually being like efficient or And that's when you find yourself sitting in your bathtub at one o'clock in the morning every day, eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's for dinner, and then getting up and doing the same thing the next day. Yeah. And this is not healthy. So who um, hasn't been there? (laughs) No. Yeah. We've definitely all been there. Um, But the next thing that we kind of talked about after recognizing and identifying your burnout and trying to schedule um, tactful, like schedule, um, 
I don't know if tactfully is not the right word, but strategically. A purposeful burnout. Making sure that if you're stringing yourself out, it's aligning with your goals and it's too, there's a mean, it's, there's a means to the end. It's, or there's a, you know, it's a means to an end. It's not just like, I've gotten in the habit of this, um, unhealthy lifestyle and I'm staying there. And I think you see a lot of people in the horse industry like that. You know, Annie and I talk all the time that like you see a lot more bankrupt and divorced horse people than you do Olympians who have, um, are financially at least semi-functional. I mean, let's be realistic. This is not the sport you get into if you're trying to like, you know, have a super fat IRA or something, (laughs) but, um, but but there's an awareness. Yeah. And I think also like planning the time, even if it's not a very long amount of time, even if you have to work, like if you have to work straight through the weekend or if you don't have a weekend, I think setting aside time to like, some, there would be some days that I would come home and I'd be so wiped. And I was like, and I knew that I would only have a certain amount of time that I could still be awake before I needed to go to bed in order to be able to get up and do it all again the next day. But sometimes that means that I would like, sit in the bathtub with my dinner and a glass of wine and bubble bath and in an Epsom salt bath. And I would be like soaking my legs or soaking my knees or, um, while I ate my dinner, while I had a glass of wine. And sometimes even my husband will come in and sit on the toilet next to me, not going to the bathroom, obviously, but just (laughs) sit there next to me and keep me company because that was the only socialization we were going to have that day because I needed to go to bed by like nine o'clock in order to get up again at four and do it all again. So sometimes it's kind of like being really efficient with how you spend your time, knowing what your needs are and know how you can recharge and reconnect and do it again the next day. And sometimes like I, you know, so or so, sometimes it can be, um, well, I don't want to skip ahead to what I had kind of planned to think about in, in the future, but we had talked about having a support system and finding productive ways to care for yourself in burnout. Um, and I think some of the things like you had mentioned earlier when we were chatting about this, like sometimes the right decisions for you is as simple as taking a multivitamin or like taking Um, Right. That can be your self-care for the day. You don't have to go to the spa for five hours. You can literally be like, I took a vitamin and I drank some lemon water. Yeah. Like I made sure to drink my, to get my water intake that day. I took an Epsom salt bath and I took a multivitamin and I'm going to feel better tomorrow because of it. And that doesn't sound Which is a huge point that you made very well is that part of what compounds people in this lifestyle of burnout in this industry is that people And I mean this, I've been there, you've been there. I mean, literally, there was a season of my life where I did eat Ben and Jerry's in the middle of the night for my food for the day and got up and did it all again. People don't take care of themselves. And it's amazing how much more optimally you're functioning. And to that note, how much more you are capable of doing from a straight production way if you are taking care of yourself. And that doesn't have to be timely that can be going to chipotle instead of burger king that can Mm -hmm. be drinking a water instead of a soda like it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be any more time consuming than what you're currently doing but if you take better care of yourself you will be able to sustain and withstand the demands of this industry at a higher level or for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. one of the like least sexy but best things I've ever done was buy custom orthotics for my my shoes 
I mean, it's only sexy if you are into that sort of a thing. I mean, I happen to think they're fantastic. (laughs) But it it was something that, that, like, my feet were aching at the end of the day. And I... um, And I do go see a chiropractor regularly, which I think is really huge in this industry. And we were just kind of problem solving some of the issues that I was having physically. And that was one of the best things I've ever done was get like a custom orthotic made. And it was a couple hundred dollars, but it was like some of the best money I've ever spent in myself. But if your every day is a better quality day, like think about it this way. If your horse was 10% more comfortable in the trailer with a $400 pair of soft rides, would you buy them? Yeah, for sure. So if your pro- if your comfort level at the end of the day is increased by 50% or your productivity or your longevity is increased by 10 or 20 or 30 or 40% for the same couple of hundred dollars, why are we like, Ugh, nope, too much? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I spend way more than that on my horse's shoes monthly. And it was just like a quick one-time investment. They're going to last me, I don't know, really long time. And um, certainly more than six to or five to six weeks. Um, and it was, it was like a really tactful way that I can, not tactful. It was like an intentional, clever way that I could support myself. It was your self-care. It was your sustaining yourself through a season of the grind or of Mm -hmm. the burnout. Um, And one thing that I think, absolutely. And another thing that I think sometimes is really important that I've noticed has helped me is sometimes I have to have regular people, like I call them like a regular person day. Or it's just like a non-horsey day where I, because a lot of times I feel like I need to be doing that 1% more every day. Like I need to read it. I need to be like, if I can't physically ride my horses because they have a day off, I need to be like reading theory or watching DVDs or watching clinics or online looking up like the Instagram of somebody uh, at the top of my sport. And sometimes I can burn myself out, not even by working physically very hard, but just mentally and emotionally being striving towards it constantly yeah yeah sometimes I find that I just need to take that emotional and mental pressure off myself and have a regular person day and I dress up and I wear makeup I put like I put on a pair of shoes that make me feel happy or it's just stupid stuff like I wear a purse that I like bought years ago and I don't even carry a purse like 99% of the time because I'm just like throwing my keys in the car and running to the barn. But it was, it's just stuff like that that makes me feel like a regular person and well-rounded that sometimes is enough to like snap me out of my crazy day-to-day grind. Well, and it's kind of one of those things, like I know that you and I have both, um, we both follow Fallon Taylor. We both referenced this before and like lover, hater, knocker, whatever. We both happen to be fans and people are like, Oh my gosh. And the makeup and the hair and the lashes. I'm like, there is something to be said for every day, making sure that when you look in the mirror, you're like, bring it on day. Look at me go. Instead of like, I haven't brushed my hair in 14 days and I'm wearing a bra from six weeks ago. I feel so awesome when in reality you feel like an old shoe and Mm -hmm. like I've just been intentional to like not full glam every day but I try to just like brush my hair put it in a ponytail instead of a messy bun put a ball cap on put like a little bit of brow gel a little bit of mascara and that's me being like my normal best self when I look in the mirror I'm like ah, what a semi-presentable human being instead of like (laughs) "Ah, I scraped this off of my shoe (laughs) exactly Yeah, it's just all about, like, making yourself feel better. 
And sometimes, um, honestly, so then the next thing we that, you know, kind of in my brain as I was organizing some of these thoughts, the next thing that I was thinking about is ways that I, so those were kind of all ways that I find to support myself and like self-care and kind of keep myself going in the, in the burnout grind. Um, or in the, in the regular grind, not necessarily burnout, but just ways that I can prevent myself from getting burnout, burnt out in the grind. But then there are other ways that like, once I am burnt out, you're kind of like, the weight of this is so heavy. How do I get out of it? Why don't I play croquet? That's so much less labor intensive. (laughs) Exactly. Um, like, so then I think have to think of ways that I have to inspire myself out of the burnout. So those are some of, um, where you can you can um like stay excited and keep pushing and you want to like continue like pushing and grinding towards your goals but at the moment you're like not even feeling it and you're you're just like everything you think about is negative you're cranky you're just like physically mentally emotionally burnt out and that's when I have to be really intentional about not wanting to wallow in that cranky little funk that I've created for myself but I have ways that I've, that I know work best for me to inspire myself out of it. And sometimes I'll like watch a clinic or I'll ride with a new clinician that maybe I need like somebody to either kick my butt or just give me a fresh set of eyes. Um, sometimes I need to like watch some of the top riders in my sport or go to a horse show just to like feel inspired again. Um, sometimes like reading an autobiography of a top writer in my sport is really inspire inspirational or sometimes even just reading like watching a really corny YouTube video with inspirational music and then yeah. at the end you're like yeah and that's you're, like, right you're blubbering like I love horses so much and then your husband comes in and he's like um like why are we crying again is everything okay <laughs> and you're like you have to watch this video and he's like I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that that's important too, is I think you just, at the, at the start of touching on this, you brought up a really good point. I'm going to confess something. It makes me sound like a terrible person. Um, In finding that inspiration, it takes again, that self-awareness to identify the burnout. And Mm -hmm. I remember this is going to be literally something the worst person in America. Um, There was a point in time where I was um, a program director at a huge um, new and growing uh, equestrian program in a college. Um, and I was head coach of two teams. Plus I was doing like day-to-day barn work. Plus I lived on the property. So I did all of the non-scheduled student work, all the inclement. And I just was literally working myself to the point of dying. And I remember at like one of my extreme thresholds of burnout, and I was also younger and not as self-aware. We had a student horse that was kind of colicky and it had been kind of like trying to decide whether it was going to commit to like a full-blown catastrophic colic episode or not for like a day. And I'm always a big fan of like, let's try to figure this out before it's two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was like over one of the winter breaks and it, whenever I was already like worked to the point of death and then the vet and this student, I was like, look, it's six o'clock. We can be to the clinic, which was like a kind of a tedious drive over the mountains It took a couple of hours. I was like, we can do this at six o'clock. Like, let's, if we're going to do this, let's just do it now. And they decided not to, and they waited. And then at like two o'clock in the morning, they were like, I think we're going to have to go. And I was like, what if we just put it to sleep? Like, what if it just died? Which is not indicative of my personal character. 
No. But it was just like I was so strung out and exhausted. And I was sleeping like three or four hours a night every night for months at this point in time. And just like working to the point where I was literally exhausted. And just like the idea of like this like unnecessary in my mind, like three hour trip to the vet clinic in the middle of the night, which could have been done six hours earlier and back to, so that means like I would have gone without any sleep and then come back and then had to go back again. I was like, are you doing surgery? Because if you're not doing surgery, just put it to sleep because I'm not going to haul it all the way out there for you. And that's absolutely, that's why I said, it makes me sound like the worst person in America, but it's like, these are the things that you need to do to identify before you get to this point. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, and so, um, and that's the thing too. Like, like, I had a terrible first job in the industry as well, and I remember thinking, um, I don't ever want to see a horse ever again. I don't. What can I do? I, I, my entire education is, and my entire life to this point has pointed me in the direction of horses, and I don't ever want to see a horse again. So what skills do I have in the rest of this world? And I was like, it's such a dark place. I was like, can I work at Walmart? I mean, would Walmart hire me? I don't and know. And that's what I why it's do. so important. I wish you and I had had equestrian podcast to listen to <laughs> about 10 years ago, because we would have been able to recognize and identify our burnout, have mm-hmm. an appropriate support system, and then continue to rejuvenate our inspiration. So, yeah. that, so that we knew what trajectory we were going on. We were, you know, but such is life and such is the nature of like podcasts weren't really a thing like 10 years ago, were they? I don't think so. Maybe like Maybe on a rudimentary level. Thing. Yeah. But I think we just, what you just said was a really important to- thing to touch on is having a support system. So like you are that support system for me. I can call and be like, look, we're having an I hate horses day. And we can be like, all right, well, then maybe it's time to kind of uh, find some inspiration in your life or maybe find some self-care. Maybe we've gotten a little out of whack here. And so it's really important to have people that can recognize that even if you're not aware of it, they can kind of hopefully help you put a mirror up and help you realize, oh, you're, you're kind of teetering on unhealthy here. Let's kind of reevaluate. <laughs> And, and going back to, and I know we mentioned this a little bit in the beginning is like that, you know, people say like balance, 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 like it's a pendulum swing. Mm -hmm. Life is never the little, you know, like the little balls that are like, yeah, it never, when there's motion, when there's energy, when there's momentum, when there's effort, it never just hangs statically still. That might be balance quote unquote, but it's also lack of momentum. It's true. Yeah. And so that's, I think, like a great analogy. I just literally made that up in my head. Well, aren't you a genius? Go me. Um, but it, it's true is that when you have like a huge influx of inspiration, momentum, dedication, you're going to get that pendulum swing and it's going to swing one way and it's going to swing the other and it's going to swing one way and then it's going to swing the other. And basically the root of this entire podcast is just identify what season you're in progress through it in a self-aware and healthy fashion, mm-hmm. you know, constantly keep an eye on the horizon, keep an eye on where your ship is out in the ocean. So you're not just out there mm-hmm. for oh, the oceanic white tips to eat you. Exactly. Um, I was just watching shark week and that's how I know that the oceanic white tips are the sharks that eat people out in the ocean. Um, oh. that's your miscellaneous trivia fact for today. Bravo. Um, 
And then have people in your life, both horse people and non-horse people, that can be like, hey, lighten up a little bit. Or like, hey, let's mm-hmm. figure this out. Um, or like, hey, it's time for you to brush your hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Because I did begin my love affair with dry shampoo during that season of my life. Exactly. It's just far too easy to not wash your hair every day, but I don't Especially when you're like, oh my gosh, one o'clock in the morning, if I wash my hair, I'm either gonna have to go to bed with it wet and it's gonna grow up it's gonna grow up gross. It's gonna wake up gross. Or I'm gonna have to stay up extra. Like when you're trading in like 15 minute increments of sleep, you're like, well, dry shampoo takes four seconds. Exactly. Anyway, Ooh, the I other thing that I remembered that helps me with inspiration is that I've kind of recently discovered, and it can be certainly very dangerous, but sometimes when I'm like feeling super bleh, um, maybe that's like a good time for me to buy, like, buy a new riding outfit that makes me feel awesome. So sometimes that's like all it takes is me being like, oh, you know what? I'm going to wear my new riding outfit today and I'm going to feel like the bee's knees for the whole day. And sometimes that's all you need. And if, if like, you just needed on a Monday that you didn't feel like going into work, like, a new outfit and you did your makeup, sometimes that's all you need to just, like, get you going. Or you can have, like, a screw-it day. Are we saying screw-it? Are we allowed to say screw-it? I think we can say screw-it. You can have a screw-it day. I remember I would have a semi-scheduled screw-it day once a semester where it would be a day that there wasn't anything, like, terribly pertinent or earth shattering. We wouldn't have a horse show that week. And I would literally go to Walmart and I would buy all of the food that I never allow myself to eat. Like Mm. the key lime pie from the freezer section and Velveeta shells and cheese. And I would make it all. And I would sit in my bed and watch Law and Order SVU. And I would be like, screw it. Yeah. That is also another thing that totally (laughs) gets me through is food at the end of the day. Sometimes I like, I spend so much time throughout my day, like, just lusting after like whatever meal I'm gonna have that evening a five gallon bucket of peanut M&M's usually it's like popcorn I don't know why I'm like I didn't you have the peanut butter M&M's in the tub peanut butter butter. yeah yeah there was a wine and peanut butter M&M's night the other night but luckily my husband feeds me because that's how I would feed myself every day (laughs) (laughs) um Annie also does this weird thing, which I've never encountered anybody else do, where for dessert, she eats, like, the little rainbow gumballs, but, like, not to chew the gum, just to eat the crunchy gumball part. And at first, I was so confused, because I was like, are you consuming the gum? gum? Like, are you, this is, like, quite a high volume of gum. Like, do you just have, like, a jaw that's, like, jacked out to the side? You've got, like, the squat booty version of jaw muscles? Like, what's happening here? I haven't, I haven't had that in a really long time because it's so much sugar and it's so bad for your teeth. But that is another guilty pleasure. It's just, like, straight-up old-fashioned gumball gum. So I guess, like, that's part of the balance. Like, you don't want to have a screw-it day for a month. You don't want to have a screw-it day for and quit but sometimes you might just need to have a screw it day. But then the next day, you put your brow gel on, you brush your hair, you put a clean bra on, you shoot mm-hmm. some dry shampoo in your hair, you watch an inspirational YouTube video, and you get at it again. And you keep mm-hmm. going at it. And you keep your eyes on the ship. And you reevaluate. And you you just keep hustling after it. Because at the end of the day, like that's what we're here for. That's what we signed up for. And I don't care if you are... 
an aspiring um, upper level professional, if you're somebody that just wants to learn how to show, if you're somebody who's buying their first horse, there are components of the equestrian lifestyle that will literally exhaust you on mm-hmm. every possible spectrum of function, yeah, financially, physically, like emotionally, have... yes. spiritually. If you have a stressful nine to five job and you are trying to horse show, it is a challenge to have a nine to five job Monday through Friday and then spend your entire weekend uh, physically and emotionally exhausting yourself, trying to perform your best at a horse show and then go right back on Monday into your work, your job. That's hard. One of the people that I respect more than anyone is my old boss's wife was a eighth grade teacher and she would hustle her butt off Monday through Friday, get home from school Friday, load up two trucks and trailers with their horses and client horses, drive to a horse show, show all weekend, get up Sunday night, go get home Sunday night, and then get up and go back to school Monday morning. And I was always just like, what are you people eating? <laughs> but and they did that all show season. I mean, that's just what they did. And it's, um, but again, it's an example of like, you're also much cap- more capable of much more than you think that you are capable mm-hmm. of. Like Annie and I were jokingly talking the other day that like everybody feels like they need a living quarters trailer with like a slide out and a fireplace in order to be functional. And I was like, meanwhile, the people who are climbing Mount Everest are sleeping in tents. Mm-hmm. Like you are capable of way more than you think you are. Just they didn't get their tent at Walmart and they probably have some sort of supersonic sleeping bag. So it's kind of like be extreme, be crazy, do it with some thought, do it with a plan, aim towards the top of the mountain and go for it. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end it. Boom. Boom. So if you'd like to follow along, Caroline and I have an Instagram. It is at equestrian underscore podcast. That's E-Q-U-E-S-T-R-I-E-N-N-E underscore podcast. And our email is equestrianpodcast at outlook.com. I don't know that we have a great handle on what's coming up next podcast, but I'm sure it'll be good. We have some things in the chamber. We're just not sure... Which ones we're going for. Yeah. I really like the barn skills that are life skills. I do too. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. Like, I think my horse is the root of all evil and it's always their fault. Will God help your husband? (laughs) That Not you specifically, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) That cracks me up. All right. Well, regardless, we will see you all shortly. Have a great week. See ya. See ya.